What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is a CW Spiral, a podcast run by two Barchies and a Bughead. We're your hosts, Sabrina Reed, Michael Patterson, and Reed Gowden. Bringing you history about the network, the latest news, and in-depth spoiler-filled discussions of some of our favorite shows on the CW. Hello, and welcome to our Barchydale episode. I say that as a Barchie shipper, it is actually a Riverdale episode, but you know, Barchydale is here. Don't know how long it's staying, but it's here. First, however, we have to get into some, I'm going to say exciting news because I'm excited for Kat McNamara. Is it McNamara? I'm going to say McNamara. Um, Who got cast as Abby Walker? We have our Abby Walker, you guys, for Walker Independence. Did this move the needle for some excitement? Not just for the actress, but for the series. Can you believe we were all wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Like We were right, though, that they picked like a CW legacy actress. Like she's been around. So um, I... I think I'm excited about it. I do have some concerns, but we can get into that in a little bit. Um, if Michael's excited about it, I'd be happy to hear about that before I get into <laughs> some negative things. <laughs> uh, well, of all everyone who's made their choices for fan casting, I was the closest. I picked the Canary, but it was actually the Green Arrow who got cast. Um, the Green Arrow and the Canary's fan in me is a little upset because it's another sign we may not see the story continue. But in general, I'm a big fan of Kat and I'm very, very ha- excited to see her on a new show, get that leading role she was kind of robbed of two years ago. So I'm very excited for the show itself now. And I wasn't beforehand. And it really does go to show you how an a-, a casting can make you more intrigued by it. And yeah, I'm definitely going to give it a go now. I feel like it also pushed me to be like, hmm, pass the pilot then. Only because I was thinking... I don't know what her chemistry with Matt Barr will be since he's playing um, Hoyt Rollins, but I want to see her kick some tail in the West. I'm not that excited about Abby Walker's description because being an affluent Bostonian and also a tough-minded woman has me like, uh, incongruous, maybe? Am I being, like, is that shallow? I don't know, but uh, the descriptions for what the character, who the characters are going to be in the show haven't been hitting for me. Yeah. Okay. So I have two concerns here. My main concern is, which is something I feel like I've talked about before, which is just based on casting that if this goes past the pilot stage, I feel like it has underrated written all over it. Like the fan, her fans will show up. Like she has the shadow hunters mafia or whatever they are behind her. Like they will show up at least on Twitter, but it just feels like just based on for me, this is my thought alone. Like I'm not going to try to project on anybody else, but just based on the projects that the actors cast so far have been in, they've all been pretty short lived. And I don't want that to happen. Believe me, like I want this to be successful for them. I want this to be the one that hits, but I just, I'm, you know, I'm kind of apprehensive. I'm worried that, you know, lightning won't strike for this one. My second concern is that she is Catherine McNamara, however you said her name. She's 26 years old and Matt Barr is 38. 
Now, I don't know if that has anything to do with the character ages. Like we can suspend our disbelief because Matt Barr doesn't look like he's 38. Um, but I, I worry that it will extend the trope of the, in a heterosexual couple on television, the male lead is older than the female lead. And we just kind of have to, you know, deal with that. It's something like, even look at Dynasty, like Grant Show is older than Daniela Alonzo. It's, it happens on a lot of shows. Um, but I, I'll be interested to see what that dynamic is. If they are like a potential romantic couple ship, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking about thinking too far ahead. <laughs> mm, it's an interesting point. Um, and the one that I hadn't considered, but tr- true, it's very true that the, um, the age difference tends to be quite stark. I mean, they might have him play younger since he doesn't look like he's 38, but we could also, I don't want any little lady comments um, coming from him for her. I mean, obviously no. based on Abby's um, just like character description, she wouldn't take that, but I don't want them to be weird with the like with their age difference. So perhaps we could just have Matt play like he's 34 or something. <laughs> she yeah. could be playing older than 26 as well. I don't know. We don't know Abby's story, mm-hmm. but she was she was her husband was murdered. So I don't know. She's old enough to be married. I say that as someone who's almost 30 and I'm like, she's almost, she's married in 26. (laughs) (laughs) I still feel like a child. (laughs) Right there with you. I feel like, um, yeah, I, the age, she was younger than I expected the actors to be cast. I know we all picked actors that were in their thirties or late thirties or mid thirties. Yeah. 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 So I I can see where you're coming from with that. Um, particularly because of the age gap, I do wonder if they'll play it like her being older and him being younger to shorten that age gap. But yeah, just on paper, I I do see your point now quite a a lot. I, I, she is younger than I expected, but like I said, this is the CW. They do, they do like to suspend your disbelief when it comes to younger and older people. I also didn't know that she was that young i was shocked when i googled her and i was like oh 26 <laughs> <laughs> i did the same in her arrow days so i got that um but she wasn't the only casting news that we had so i feel like they've started to round um their main cast out now we have uh greg Havanessian, um who's gonna play sheriff tom davidson i'm gonna assume that he is our like our big bad mainly because he's described as having a charming smile, but like Abby thinks this man is basically the devil. And I don't know if that's because he um, stepped into the role her husband would have had in Independence, Texas, which is the sheriff. Um, And she just doesn't care for the man because of it. Or um, it's because he really is a bad man and she has to stop him from doing some terrible things in town. Uh, there's also Lawrence Cow, who's going to play Kai. Uh, he runs the local laundry and is a former railroad worker who's described as having a kind face. And he's the first friendship that she strikes up in town. And he gives her some advice about independence. I'm assuming that means to lay low. Uh, there's a weird, um, in reading the descriptions, do you guys think that there's some weird weirdness going on with independence? Like, it's like, you'll find your found family, but also watch out in Independence, Texas. Yeah, the sheriff is giving Hiram Lodge vibes. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like this um, local laundry guy or person. I don't know. Um, seems like a good time. 
Yeah, it, it does. does sound like they've struck up some interesting dynamics just reading from the descriptions. I mean, we all need a villain at some point and it sounds like the sheriff might be it. Um, and yes, Hiram Lodge is a good example of that. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued by how many, like you said yourself, there's been a lot of casting this week and with obviously casting comes characters and I feel like the cast's really starting to round itself out and the dynamics are quite different. So I, I know what you mean by the whole drawing, like make yourself at home, but also be careful kind of vibe we're getting from it. Yeah, I mean, I just want to, I want to land on how to interpret Independence, Texas, um, because is it is this a wholesome show with some action involved, like it's going to be really cute with the um, this ensemble cast, or is this the, the rough, tough West and Abby has to rough it in Independence, Texas and get used to not being an affluent Bostonian because she's now become a settler. Um, but besides Cat, um, the the casting that I'm really excited for is Philemon Chambers as um, Deputy Sheriff Augustus. He was in Single All the Way, and I love that Netflix Christmas movie. So it's, good, it, very good. If you have not watched it, like finish our uh, podcast episode and then <laughs> <laughs> go get your life um, on Netflix. But um, Deputy Sheriff Augustus works closely with the sheriff, obviously. Um, but what's intriguing about him is not only is he polite, even tempered and always willing to lend a hand, he's keeping his opinion of the sheriff close to his vest. Like he's not letting anybody know how he feels about Tom. And I'm like, is that because you know Tom is a bad man, but you're trying to keep your job? Um, or um, I'm, that's what I'm going to assume it is. Um, and how that dynamic would work out would be interesting to me. Yeah, there's some tea there. And I feel like um, Deputy Sheriff Augustus is going to align himself with Abby Walker. Mm, I like that. But to your point, I do. I'm struggling with Walker independence just because I feel like I can't see the vision. And I know that's hard because we haven't seen any footage, any photos, because it's not even filmed (laughs) and it's not a real show technically. Um, And this might shock everybody, but I have not watched Walker. So I don't know like what tone are we going for either, but it does sound interesting as we learn more about it. Yeah, and the deputy casting, it sounds like it has as many layers as the show itself. You're not really sure what to make of that uh, relate partnership he's got with the sheriff. Does he know he's a bad man, like you said? I feel like it's interesting because I wasn't that interested in the show. And even though it's very, the image they've painted here is very conflicting, that makes me more interested in it than the original synopsis did so I'm definitely up for giving it a try just based on okay what's going on here I need answers kind of uh, approach to it um so I'll definitely be checking it out and I do believe that the deputy sheriff might be the most interesting character here so I might just watch for him and Cat McNamara but we'll (laughs) say I feel the same um and then uh, I guess we can just like get to know the other characters. If we, if it gets a uh, full orders um, to series instead of just doing the pilot, I, I do want to give this show more of a chance um, than I have been. And yes, that is because of Philemon. <laughs> like, like the casting came out. I was like, dang it. I have to like, yeah. like change how I was feeling now. Same. Um, and there's more casting news. They, CW keeps giving us casting news, but they won't give us renewal news. Um, <laughs> And that is irking my spirit. But I guess 
if you're a Supernatural fan, you're excited about some of the some uh, the Winchester's casting news, mainly because they finally started rolling out um, a little bit of information. Because out of the three pilots that the CW has on order, uh, the Winchester's was the quietest and had me a little scared for the Supernatural fandom. Yeah, they really uh, kept quiet on that one. Maybe it's they're trying to really get it right and they haven't been um, striking gold until now <laughs> maybe i mean so well we now we've hit not pater because it's only two castings and it's not the series like like the the lead they're series regulars but they're not the leads um but there's um nadia kershid who's gonna play latka desai um who's a hunter in training who uses her research to combat her fears um and then jojo amas fletus fletus who plays Carlos Cervantes, a positive force on the team who's a natural at demon fighting. So we have like two characters. We got a little bit of a taste of what the Winchester has to offer. I'm going to keep my original comment about the casting news in the group chat. Um, but I do, I appreciate the direction they're going in for this prequel. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. A natural at demon fighting. Isn't that just like, that's what we all want out of life. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, I'm intrigued that things have finally started going forward on the show. I feel like Gotham Knights has rounded out its ensemble and we knew that was going to be like that, even if there is a lead character. Uh, the, the Walker Independence, while it was slow casting its lead, you knew, you knew they were going for that big grab and they got it. So, but all was quiet on the Winchester front and we did talk about how it's, it was quite worrying. Apparently it wasn't. They were just waiting. So maybe they're going for the big grab with their leads, but it is very refreshing for multiple reasons to see the cast starting to be rounded out. I don't really know what to make of this show yet. I'm still on the fence about whether we need it or not, but for the Supernatural fans, of which I used to be one, of which I could be again, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'm happy for them. What if one of our Abby Walker picks gets one of the leads in the Winchesters. <laughs> we'll have to, be rethink. That. <laughs> <laughs> have to rethink again because currently my order is I'm excited for Gotham Knights. Um, Walker Independence is intriguing now. And then the Winchesters is just out here. Um, more power to y'all. I guess if more casting news comes in, the opinion might change. Right now, it is the slow horse in the race. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> what he said. <laughs> um so we also have riverdale casting news this is a bit old but since the the um, episode is dropping on sunday i thought like we could sort of refresh some um people on the information so chris o'shea is going to play percival pickens um and he arrives in town in fact if you haven't seen um episode six of season six he arrives in that episode so you'll get to like get to know him but um if Pickens sounds familiar, that's because he is a descendant of General Pickens, which means we're about to have a whole ancestral showdown, I think, um, between, I'm hoping with Cheryl and Tony, but like if the description he has is that he is there enacting his own agenda because he wants to turn the town into a utopia. And he will do so using his uh, charm offense and also any ruthless tactics he needs because he wants Riverdale to fall into his power. You know, I thought Pickens sounded familiar and it, I didn't um, put that together. Okay. And um, they really did make a big deal of like Molly Ringwald <laughs> made a thing about saying Pickens. And I was like, okay. 
but we'll, <laughs> we can get into, I guess, that a little later about Riverdale episode six. I will share my thoughts on the description alone, because obviously we're going to have different descriptions about the episode. But um, on the description alone, I will say I did worry that they're bringing in another character who likes to wear suits, who's like, I can do this and I can do that on the surface, like just moments, seconds in the Riverdale verse after Hiram Lodge left. And I feel like, are we really going here? And I feel like since he was the obvious villain, they're going the other route of, oh, let's dress him up and make him look nice and smile. And so he, it's like evil in disguise almost, but it's not evil in disguise when you're six seasons in and the previous big bad of Riverdale liked to wear suits that wanted to buy up the town. It just doesn't sound that original, but I'm open to giving it a try. I just hope they're not going back, falling back into familiar territory here and that Riverdale can't survive without the big villain who likes to buy up half the town. Mm, that's true, especially because this is just the British flavor, like <laughs> because of, of, of Hiram. Like he may not be like I don't think he's going to be like a mob boss of any kind. But like the fact that we do have a well dressed man who's come to town to buy up everything and is basically going to end up being the devil. We've done it, and we've done it so many times, and now we're back to do it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of coming back, uh, Marisol Nichols is coming back as Hermione Lodge, which, I mean, if there's going to be be a large lodge that comes to town, I'm happy that it's her, mainly because we're going to get some, like, soap opera action, um, because she's the reality TV star, and of course she's going to bust through the doors with the cameras. Like, I'm so excited for the drama that she's going to bring. I'm interested to see how they bring her back, because I'm like, do we, does she have, like, a a natural opening besides just, like, well, I take that back because I remembered what happened in the episode, but <laughs> <laughs> mm, never mind. <laughs> Hermione, come on back. I changed my mind. <laughs> well, she'll be back in episode seven and like that I makes sense. I, that makes yeah, sense. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> and also given the title, which has the word funeral in it. Who could that be? You'll find out <laughs> when we describe like the episode. Um, but I'm just excited to see her. Me too. I feel like that character used to frustrate the heck out of me because she was so nice half the time and then so horrible the other time. And you're like, but well, that was obviously Hiram's influence. And then you're like, how much of it was Hiram's influence? Now that he's no longer a series regular on the show, I'm, in, I'm looking forward to seeing what she is like as her own kind of entity. And if she's still going to be every bit as frustrating. But either way, I bring the soap opera drama in here for it. Yes. Oh my God. Live for it. I mean, if, if there's one thing Riverdale is going to do, it's going to bring drama and jumping the shark. Um, I wish it would bring news because yeah. <laughs> renewals and cancellations, like I said earlier, not here. It's not here as of this recording. I mean, fingers crossed that we hear something next week, but uh, we do have shows we think will be back and shows that we don't. So let's, go through the list of the roster um yeah, starting like with our final predictions yes <laughs> oh yes yes oh yes oh my god i guess we should do them rapid fire so um i'll start all american safe i don't think it's going anywhere we no. just started the college era like um it's got a spinoff right now um trucking along on on the um on the network so I think we're guaranteed a season five. Yeah, it's in the top five, at least as of last week in the ratings, which I know mm-hmm. ratings aren't like a huge factor, but like it doesn't hurt. <laughs> True. 
Yeah, we I'll... talked about how it's the biggest organic cat and in this current era of the CW, they kind of need organic cats. So it's, I don't see that going anywhere. And it's part of the Netflix deal. I feel like a lot mm. of the shows that are part of the Netflix deal, not as scary during this time when it comes to renewals um, and cancellations. I am um, scared for one show though. Um, and it's a show that I love and it's all American homecoming. Um, I'm not worried about all American homecoming. You're not okay. Assure me, assure me, but please tell me. <laughs> yeah. This might be a little too like um, wishful thinking, but just looking at the, the ratings, like it doesn't lose a ton of viewers from all American. Like that drop off isn't huge. Like we see on Friday night, Dynasty shed like almost half of Charmed Charmed's audience. I don't know if that's just like a premiere situation, but in its fourth week, All American Homecoming is performing really well. It has the um, about the same rating, not just the viewership. And I think they're not going to give up on something that could grow into a bigger hit. I just I'm not concerned about it. I don't think it's. I'm not too too worried. My heart. Thank you. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not beating anymore. I'm definitely with Reed on that. I feel like they've invested too much in it and it's to just to scrap it too suddenly. But aside from that, it's we talked about the importance of steadiness on the network and it is one of the more steady shows. And shows that kick off this this late into the whole like TV world as, as ratings continue to dwindle as, on a season by season. I feel like we shouldn't over expect things from shows and all American homecoming has been steady since it started. So I feel like in this kind of era, that's what they need to gravitate towards in order to maintain success is if and when it becomes a proper TV network. Mm, Okay. See, I've been a negative Nancy and I've been a negative Nancy because I'm so invested in the show that like I, I have fear. Usually I don't have fear with the CW because I usually renew things, but you know, we're in a different era mm-hmm. and, um, and I just don't want to lose this show before it can really find its footing. And I just don't know what they're going to, I'm going to have ideas for what is going to be axed and we'll go through them as we, we continue going down the list of shows currently airing um, and set to premiere over I guess, the summer. But I don't know. I just, I'm ready to put the negative Nancy on the shelf and embrace the things that you guys have said to me, because again, my heart was beating really fast. when just talking about all American homecoming and it not getting a renewal. Um, For some reason though, I feel confident about Batwoman. And I think it is because Michael, you've said not every episode, but so many episodes um, that it has steady ratings, solid fan base, solid ship. It's not going anywhere. I would make the same prediction. I think it's safe. I will say, be honest and say, this is the year I had been most worried about it because of the whole CW thing. You don't know what shows are going to come back or whatnot. But again, this network needs to gravitate towards what's steady. And it and Legends of Tomorrow were steady Wednesday performers. Even when Batwoman was on on Sunday, it still performed quite well. So the fact is, it's it's not going to get the ratings it's piloted. It's not going to get the ratings the bigger shows did. But if you can find a, a niche, an audience that continue to come back to a show week in, week out, and you almost have that with every Arrowverse show, but to have it, Batwoman has its own kind of unique fan base that, that are so vocal online. And they do tune in. Yes, not all of them do because it's worldwide. But like at the end of the day, apparently it's one of the CW's more st- popular streaming shows. I don't 
don't know where that's come from, but apparently that's why they keep pushing it so heavily on the streamer. And on top of that, its ratings are among the most steady on the network. And again, we need steadiness. I would like to see more Batwoman, and I think we will see more Batwoman going forward. Yeah, I'm not as worried about it as like fans seem to be. I don't know. I am kind of concerned about Charmed. Though after seeing its premiere ratings, maybe we shouldn't be super worried. Maybe it'll get final season for season five. Mm, perhaps. I mean, the um, season opening ratings were good um, <clears throat> for Charmed. Ooh, was that shady? It wasn't meant to be shady, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, but it was, I think uh, for some people, including myself, it was because I was being nosy in terms of like tuning into a show that I had given up on previously. So perhaps people, if they enjoy the new Charm One, who we'll talk about later, um, will continue to tune in. Yeah, I charmed to me because there's been such a dialogue about it has always struck me as a show that would have a short shelf life, but yet every year it comes back and it comes back and it defies the odds. I don't think it has the longest shelf life of the CW shows, but I feel like this kind of mini reboot they did may have revitalized it to last a little, let it last a little bit longer. And even with its on paper shorter shelf life, if that's even a thing, I don't see them pulling the plug on it because it's kind of become a Friday night staple. And I do think it could hold those kind of viewers. So that for me means that at the very worst case scenario, it will get final seasoned with the rest of them. I don't see them just pulling the plug on it. Speaking of Friday night staples, I'm unfortunately more worried about Dynasty than I ever have been. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't, I think it's just because it's my, it's like, like you were saying with Homecoming, like it's my show and I love it. But it is getting up there. It's a veteran show. No one thought it would last this long. It's the lowest rated show on the network in viewership. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I want think... it to go anywhere. Or be I don't even want it to be final season because I don't oh, think okay. season six would be this isn't the kind of show like the rest of these shows. They kind of have they're working toward an end game where you can see where they're working towards something. This is straight up soap opera could last for 10 seasons if they wanted to so i can't right now visualize what an end would be like especially for the current season that they're airing or even the next season so i don't know i just don't want it to go anywhere <laughs> manifesting <laughs> so let's manifest yeah so just manifest a renewal not manifest the final season um and we won't speak of the other option yeah i mean i'd be fine as if they give me advance warning and they're like season six is it i'll be like okay cool i can like let that sink in but i don't know i just don't want to be worried about it let's no, not I, worry yeah. it's manifest <laughs> no yeah exactly and with the netflix deal in place it should be one of the more safer ones that has a bit more creative freedom i do know what you're saying on paper it doesn't look good but neither do neither does it for half the shows on the cw but uh I feel like Dynasty has a lot working in its favor, the Netflix deal being the most of them. Um, and it's probably significantly cheaper to produce than some of the other more expensive shows on the network as well. So there is a lot working in its favor. Don't uh, doubt it just yet. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Keep the faith. And I, I'm going to predict myself that it will be safe. Yes. Thanks, Michael. Applause <laughs> for that. <laughs> as our Flash experts, what do you guys think about the Flash? Safe. We don't even need to talk about oh, it. Oh yeah, no, that, <laughs> that, that that show ain't going nowhere. Better uh, we'll on. <laughs> we'll it's sticking around. Yeah, we'll move on to <laughs> in the dark, which I 
I think I'm surprised that this has been around for as long as it has. It's a good show, but I do hope that they keep it nice and tight. Season four, final season. Yeah, I think. I don't think it'll, it should go to a fifth season. Mm, Okay. I have not seen a single episode. I have seen half a promo in the dark is living its life out here. And I am just (laughs) (laughs) oblivious to the content. Um, But uh, I think a final season is fine. I mean, I don't know if it was part of like the crew of shows where they're like, you know what, tell us what you have for five seasons. And then like, if you can make it there, good. If you can't, we'll just cut you off before, you know, you die. Um, but I'm cool with the final season. Yeah, that to me is a bit like charmed in that one's that it was on, on paper. It had a short shaft life and it's lasted a lot longer than people expected it to be. Um, and it seems like it's gotten slightly more off the wall as it's gone on. But in general, I I think it had enough audience to ha- to enjoy its final season. So I don't see them pulling the plug on it unexpectedly. But yeah, if they want a final season and it feels like maybe the time is coming for that. So Kung Fu. Um, I think it's safe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't think it's it's going anywhere. It's been really doing really no. well for the network. But Legacies, I think it didn't hit like the Vampire Diaries or the originals mm-hmm. we're in season four i think maybe final season not season four maybe season five if that i don't know mm, i feel the same way i just i feel like fans should have been worried when like they quietly moved the date of when the premiere was going to come back but like no major outlet was talking about it until way later after i think mm. it was a little bit after um it was going to be moved um it is not moving pop culture at all as far as i'm aware i mean it sort of did in its early days there i remember the ships popping up all over the place and people talking Mm -hmm. about how interesting it was that it was a school full of supernatural students um but that has since waned so i i don't know and i don't know how um how much it's making up on netflix i don't know how popular it is if it's as popular as like riverdale or dynasty worldwide i don't know it doesn't seem like it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, as a Vampire Diaries fan, I've never seen any kind of buzz around that. I've seen a lot of people asking, why do we need it? And it doesn't seem to have, like, as you said, moved the needle in any way like the previous two shows did. Um, it's, it's, again, like Charmed and in the Dark, I think it's done very, very well to get this far, but I could see the CW going, okay, one more try and then that's it. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's final season. But speaking of final seasons, one I hope we do not get is Legends of Tomorrow because it's been that little show that could. It's defied the odds with good ratings over the years. Um, and I feel like the show, it keeps reinventing itself as it goes on and it's got a lot more life left in it. And it, even eight se- seven seasons in um, with, and dwindling ratings, it's still among the more watched shows on the network. So for that reason alone, I'm going to say it's safe. Manifesting that as well. Okay, we need that. <laughs> I think the show a lot of people are the most worried about is Nancy Drew, which I can see, but also in the back of my mind, I'm like, why would they cancel a show when they're launching a spinoff mm-hmm. that's going straight to series? I'm like, why aren't, why wouldn't they pair them together? I don't know. I'm not as worried about Nancy as fans seem to be. Maybe that's wishful thinking. I just think it would be a really low blow if they were like, Nancy Drew's canceled, but here's Tom Swift. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I agree because it would seem to be the logical decision 
would be to, if you were going to take Nancy Drew off air, final season her um, and allow like Tom Swift to be the show that airs, I guess, after or before her, um, so that you can at least pull in the Nancy Drew audience. Because I mean, how are you going to launch the man's show? And then he doesn't have, like the Nancy Drew fans are pissed yeah worst case scenario i think final season it is in a little bit more jeopardy maybe than some of the more watched shows but again i can't see them doing what you guys literally just said so worst case scenario final season but i do think it'll live to fight at least one more day will naomi live to fight one more day you know the question is in the air um for someone who was panicked about All American Homecoming, I'm over here like Naomi has time. <laughs> like, like uh, perhaps we should just not even be concerned about renewal news for her just yet. Um, yeah, I can see them taking a chance on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. It looks more like a streaming show, so maybe it'll do even better on streaming. I don't know, and it, I do think it's quite expensive. But they've invested a lot of promo and effort into that, and it's the rate or sorry, the critical response has been quite positive. So I don't see that going anywhere for at least one more season. Okay, well, Naomi, again, manifesting for season mm-hmm. two. Uh, as for Roswell, New Mexico, uh, I think it'll go to season five. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm aware that they had built out the show to five seasons, so they have the material they need. I mean, granted, they did change showrunners, um, but I assume they're going to follow a pretty similar path of of what um, Karina had had. Um, developed for the show. I'm not really worried about it. Um, I just feel like it's one of its the CW's quieter series and it has a, a fan base. I don't know if we'd consider the Roswell New Mexico fandom to be a major CW um, fandom, but they're loud when they need to be loud. Um, so they do get buzz. Yeah, I could see them going to at the very least like a final fifth season, but they seem to be a pretty good pinch hitter in the spring for the CW. So they could just be like an under the radar, like this is still on, like the hundred was for like <laughs> seven, eight seasons where you're like, I forgot that show was on because they just keep throwing it in like April. <laughs> but um, I could see that sticking around and like continuing to grow um, a loyal fan base on streaming in the future. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, like definitely like after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> it's become like a bit of a spring staple for them. So if it if it performs adequately there, why not keep it around for at least another year? You know, I'm um, gonna be honest, I don't know anything about Stargirl. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, well, it's uh, I I I was gonna say it's absolutely certain, but I've seen a lot of people saying it could go either way because it's one of the more expensive shows. It's a critical gem. It's a solid ratings hit. And it it performed well on the CW when it was already a DC Universe original and people it was already out there for people to watch. Its second season then did quite well as well. So for that reason, I'm going to say it's absolutely going to come back. It feels weird to talk about it because season three hasn't even aired yet. So technically its current status already is renewed for another season. But after the after season three finishes wraps, I do think we'll have a fourth season at the very least. It's it's not going anywhere. It can't. Speaking of, uh, I do is Superman and Lois just like the Flash? We don't even need to talk about dead it. Dead cert, no, dead cert. Yeah, also coming back. Yeah, also Walker. Like both of those shows are like pretty much locked for like six seasons or more. Before <laughs> <laughs> um, hundred, though. Yeah, it's not. That, it's yeah, not it might good. be the that might be the cancellation, guys. Mm. Unfortunately. Yeah. 
we've been very positive about all of the shows. I say in worst case scenario, final season. But I feel like if any of them has to go, it will unfortunately be 4,400 because it's found itself in the exact same position as a lot of the veteran shows without the fan base, without the, the status as a veteran and without the streaming deal to bring it up. It just feels like there's nothing working in the show's favour. So as much as I would like it to live to fight another day, I'm not sure the network in its current predicament will be that forgiving. Yeah, and when we say streaming deal, we mean it doesn't have the Netflix deal. The Netflix bump <laughs> saved so many of CW shows in 4400. I believe it's on HBO Max, correct? Or will go to HBO Max. I know you can stream all the episodes on the CW, mm-hmm. um, the CW app or CWTV.com. But like, if we're talking about, make like we have three pilots in order. One of those is going to probably come in the fall. 4400 started, I believe, in the fall someone's got to get kicked off the schedule um, mm-hmm. in order to make room. And it seems like that's going to be 4,400. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, sorry, guys. I mean, we could be wrong, but it doesn't feel like we're wrong. <laughs> um, and Riverdale, our beloved, beloved Riverdale. I think final season, season seven. Yeah, I think shortened final season that comes like later in the year. That mm-hmm. feels like, that feels right. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the the show has too much going for it just to disappear. But at the same day, at the same time, things aren't going for it as well as they used to. And we all did predict that season seven would be the final one. So yeah, I definitely think final season is a search for Riverdale. But it will obviously come back to Earth's head. Final season, it's not just going to fall off the face of the earth and go quiet because Riverdale will go out in style. Oh my God, yes, and it'll probably anger folks in its <laughs> series finale. But you know, that's what Riverdale does. Not to mention Lily, um, Camilla, and I believe Cole popped out and was like, yeah, if we get another season, season seven will be the last. I think they're like trying to get everybody to get on the season seven train <laughs> so that they're ready. So that they can all collectively get off the train when season seven finishes. <laughs> yes. What we don't need them to do, though, is consider rebooting for like a season eight <laughs> with like a new cast like no that doesn't need to happen roberto if you're listening roberto <laughs> stop <laughs> exactly because i mean i like Roberta as a character but she's not leading a season eight and she's the no. only teen i can think of who they would try to slot in to a lead role like no yeah this i don't need like roberto. yeah i don't need like jelly beans high school years like Wherever Jelly Bean is, like, keep Jelly Bean wherever she is. She's probably happier. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, Okay, so let's launch into season six. Oh, before we launch into episode six, do you think people should skip Riverdale or actually tune into those five episodes if they have not already done so? Having watched episode six, I feel like it's pretty um, important <laughs> to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's where I was. I was like, before I watched it, I was like, eh, maybe we don't need this. It's completely off the wall. It's not non-canon, but like, I feel like it set the stage for what's about to come. So you kind of need that now to, to believe it. So Roberto was right then, because I think last episode we were like, you know, people could Google, but um <laughs> No, (laughs) it's a lot of explanation. And I was kind of hoping that this question can be skipped. I was hoping that that question was like, can the show skip it and like pretend that that was like its own situation? And I know he said that like parts of it were going to be integrated into the story moving forward. And I was kind of like, I wish they would skip it because it would be more fun as its own thing. 
but I do like the direction kind of, I guess we'll get into that <laughs> of <laughs> like the parts of Rivervale that are now into Riverdale. And there are so many parts of Rivervale in Riverdale. Yes. Did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, God, I have, as a Barchi, since I'm just going to launch right into episode six, Let's I enjoyed it. everything about episode six for them. They gave you so many flavors. We got concerned Barchi. We got um, battle couple Barchi, I guess, in a way. I mean, they were a team up. Um, and, you know, Betty finally took the leap. You know, she was like, let's do this. Let's be together. Let's figure it out. Like us against the world, Archie. And I was happy. I'm so here for super Barchi too. Yes. Guys, like, <laughs> but I do, I love that like Archie's becoming who he always thought he was, like Superman Invincible. And Betty's like also becoming like who she thought she was, where she can like sense like people's bad energy. And she's like, you know, like that crime solving machine. And then like Jughead's just like, lost his hearing (laughs) (laughs) no poor Jughead is he becoming who he always was which is like he doesn't listen to anybody I don't it's like that (laughs) is that the theme (laughs) that we're gonna find out like they all like have like these self-fulfilling prophecies kind of it's like it's like it's like in Smallville when they all became uh, metas or uh, meteor freaks and like not all of them got powers anyone would want per Jughead's literally got the thing that doesn't happen in the slightest I I was like waiting I was like what's gonna be like the twist on this because Archie was like oh I'm 30 pounds heavier and Betty was like I don't know what she was thinking but she's like I see red yeah and then like Jughead just like can't hear and I was like waiting for like the upside <laughs> and there he was, was just none. like he was just like I just I can't hear you <laughs> I Poor feel guy. like that's gonna anger the Jughead stands um which oh, you know fair because I mean Archie are basically living their best lives right now um also uh, does everyone know Barchie is a thing? Because they did not, like, she mm-hmm. was chilling on the couch with Veronica as if, and Veronica was like, yeah, because you were up in Archie's bedroom. I was like, okay, <laughs> ask why. <laughs> and then Jughead was at the table with them, like, the morning after, like, whatever, talking about mm-hmm. the explosion. I was like, does everybody know, like, why Barchie was in that bedroom? <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was my issue with the episode because uh, everyone, like, my, my issue sometimes we lose the character moments and I feel like that was a character moment that's been building towards for so long let Barchi know that Barchi or let, let everyone know that Barchi's a thing and they didn't and I feel like they've danced around it so long that would have been this big big moment and yet for the sake of the story they had to skip over that and I feel like that would have had helped the characters it would have helped the story but because Riverdale's got such a off the wall reputation we focused on the off the wall story instead and let the characters down I'm glad they had that nice moment for all the Barchi fans out there I'm glad you got that nice moment at the end but it took an awful long time to get to there because everyone's like oh yeah big no we we almost died no big deal like what's happening to us I don't really know oh we're together by the way and so it kind of just went around in circles I'm glad on paper everything was fine but I think it could have been executed a little tighter yeah I think um I agree but I'm also wondering if they'll circle back to it because there is that weird in the opening that weird moment where Archie and Betty are looking at each other and um Frank is looking at them and they're all like avoiding looking at Jughead um and I'm like so all three of y'all know why she was up in that bedroom but Jughead <laughs> doesn't seem to know that as they like, um I was here I was just hear them <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I 
I guess, okay. But so do we think they'll circle back though? Like, I feel like they need to. I'm sure it'll all come to a, a head at some point. They don't seem to be too concerned, the characters, about that. They've got a lot going on. Mm-hmm. I need, I want them to be concerned just a little bit. I just want some yelling. Like, I just want <laughs> someone to have, like, um, have not be against Archie, but I mean, they spent so much time with this man being upset that she cheated on him in high school, um, that to the point where we were drunk about it um, and fell down a sewer. So I just feel like he needs to, we need to exercise that demon. Um, and then, like, Archie can move forward, even though they're going to move forward regardless. Beyond ships, I need to bring something up that's been like weighing on me since I watched the episode, which was in the beginning when Molly Ringwald, Mary, I'll stop calling her Molly Ringwald, (laughs) when Mary comes and she sees the house and she like breaks down and she's like, how did you live? And then like four seconds later, she's like, I know it was your dad. And then it was the Riverdale credit. And I was like, pause. Why was that the important part? Because usually when they do the credit, it's like, an important like cliffhanger and Mm -hmm. i'm like are we coming back to fred because it never we never circled back to like fred's spirit saving archie was that just mary having a moment was that a way to pull keep fred alive i don't know i just really didn't i didn't that was one moment that i was like usually when they mention something in shows it means something Mm -hmm. it's foreshadowing Mm -hmm. it's not by mistake but it does seem like riverdale does tend to kind of like mention things and forget <laughs> not to shame <Yeah>. them <laughs> yeah i totally agree with that i thought that was kind of of course it was lovely of why they did it it was a nice way to keep Tred's memory alive but it's like in riverdale everything means something and this episode is finally finally i feel like we need to talk about that it's edged into the supernatural territory after all this time after playing with us for so long it's finally going there so were they trying to hint at something there? Did it mean something more? Or is that just that nice, oh, he was watching over you that Riverdale would do any other day of the week? But I'm just not sure that kind of merged with the whole supernatural tone they were going for. Maybe there's a reason for it in the end. I don't think they should do that. They should stay away from that because that's a nice tribute to Fred to keep him alive spirit-wise. Don't add that into the whole I'm Abigail spirit kind of story. We don't need that. Um, so the two the images didn't quite go together, even though I see what they were trying to do. But it's definitely things have gotten darker things have gotten more supernatural i feel like somewhere along the line the writers have said okay we're tired of making archie batman let's turn him into superman instead <laughs> and uh, we're, we're going there and i feel like betty's powers if, if you can even call them that are more her thing i could definitely have seen that happening in previous riverdale episodes i'm not sure making archie invincible is going to make it more interesting i but i'm on board with it and we'll see how it goes Two thoughts. Um, so the the way my theory of how they're connecting Rivervale and Riverdale beyond um, Rivervale's Jughead calling Buddy to like, you need to get out the house, the bomb's about to go off. Um, if uh, we think back to Archie's serial killer motivation in Rivervale, it was because he wanted to see his dad again. So to join the two worlds, you'd have a moment where perhaps Rivervale's Fred did actually come back like like just a spirit thing in the same way that i think perhaps why they're super barchy is because in the Rivervale universe there was the whole nod to comics and so now you have them as superheroes like i think they're being a little meta um so like Rivervale's archie would have gotten the thing that he wanted and that somehow saved riverdale's archie um and thankfully his dog i mean geez 
I know. I was like, why? Why do you have to do that to the dog? <laughs> the yeah. dog has powers, so <laughs> he's a super dog. He's super bingo, which is. Kind but of at really first, cute. I was like, who is Bingo? I completely <laughs> forgot about Bingo. <laughs> he's just like looking on. He's like Bingo, and I was like, Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> and then the dog didn't even appear. No, he didn't. I mean, hopefully, he appears um, next episode. Um, Second thought, it was about Super Barchi, but more so in the sense of them being um, of Betty's powers. I mean, I would consider them to be real. They're um, passive, I guess. Um, and they're also a way for her to continue to be a, a superwoman since we now have an all-female FBI team. She handled mm-hmm. Glenn, then Archie handled Glenn, which I knew that like, I was like, yeah, when he said it, at, when it was clear at the table, he was going to do it. But by the um, end of the episode, I was like, no, Betty handled it. We don't need to, <laughs> like, we don't need to wreck Glenn. Um, and I think it's just another way for Archie to fly off the handle when he has the ability to yeah. do something. Abuses powers. Yeah, literally. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I can punch people and not get hurt. This is my dream. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, where was this when I fought the bear? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then you mentioned how everyone handled Glenn, and then we, of course, have to mention TBK, who then handled mm-hmm. uh, Glenn as well. That, that was, was an Glenn. unusual ending. Um, is that nice the end of Glenn? <laughs> is that the end of Glenn as we know him? Will there be more to this story? Where is TBK coming from? Why is that like spilled over like a season and a half without any kind of resolution? Yeah, it's pretty weird. And, it oh, is very God. weird. It well, especially because the motivation. Betty, yeah, I was like, they're obsessed yeah. with Betty. It was like, why do? Why are all the serial killers obsessed with Betty? <laughs> Can this girl be set free? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like not. Like she's just always going to be having to she deal needs to with leave serial that killers. Town. She's Sydney Prescott, I guess. I don't know. I don't know who that is. <laughs> From Scream. Oh yeah, uh, I, I understood only that TV reference. <laughs> anyway okay um here's a question i have do we think that Hiram is really dead no yeah i don't either i don't either and i want to say i want to fully commit to the no but in previous years i feel like riverdale has done the thing you've been waiting for quite flatly and i hope this isn't that example i hope this isn't an example of them doing something and people have been waiting to say not that they're all psychotic and want to see Hiram dead that's not what i mean but i feel like everyone has wanted to see Hiram get some kind of payback. And then they gave him that big dramatic soap opera exit, which well, I'm sorry, I hate Hiram, but that was badass exit in season five. And then in season six, they killed him off off screen. I think that would be so flat. It would be such a letdown. Like you literally could have done this in the season five finale and yeah. any other show that would be proof that he's not dead. But I just get this feeling that sometimes Riverdale tends to let you down. With I thought the way they handled Jughead's death in season four was a complete letdown. So I hope they don't do the same here and just quietly usher, shuffle him off screen. It just seems like a way to handle that storyline in a way with some closure because we need we need Hiram to get some kind of um, whatever was coming to him. But it does feel like to do it off screen feels like a way to like bring him back in a final season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a very dramatic way i fully expect to be like mia you thought you got rid of me <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> like like pops cut in. to black series finale <laughs> <laughs> yes. i want that i want that 
Oh God, I do too. It'd be actually really fun, like for him to appear in the final episode, um, or quite at the end of the final episode of the entire series, and then you're like, not him again. Like, yes, <laughs> him again. You can't go back with dealing with him one more time. Mm-mm. I mean, I also want Veronica's heart not to be broken. Like, she doesn't need blood on her hands. No, no. I've they've toyed with her emotions and her what side of the fence she's on too much. And I'm not sure we needed to go there again. Oh, it, it was very effective. But I feel like, hasn't this woman been through enough? Stop making her put herself through these things. True, true. I, didn't really le- I felt like it was really quick for her to be like making the phone call to put a bounty on her father. And then out of nowhere, Reggie's dad has a heart attack and she goes to visit him and sees that Archie, or Archie Reggie <laughs> changed his feelings about his dad because we know his dad was abusive. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about Reggie's dad, to be honest with you. Um, but that's great that he repaired his relationship and he was like, oh, I see the light. And I felt like it was really a quick way for Veronica to be like, oh, crap, I shouldn't kill my dad. <laughs> and and <laughs> I was like, not. yeah, I was like, I don't, it feels a little quick. I see that it just seems like it, she got from point A to point B very quickly. And I don't know if it was effective for me as a viewer. Yeah, it was like they only had like five scenes to work or two, two, three scenes. I don't know how many it was. And just to say, okay, we can only make this happen. The arc was fine, but how quickly it was executed, I thought let that down. Yeah, it just felt like there was something for her to do mm-hmm. um, in in this episode that since um, Betty, Archie, and Jughead were dealing with powers, like, well, what does Veronica do? Because she wasn't anywhere near the Andrews residence. So like, oh, we'll have her put a hit on her father and then immediately regret it. And then now she has to deal with that death. And also Hermosa is yelling at her over the phone. <laughs> Give her a break. You see what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, but Hermione I, dancing on his grave is going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that Veronica will come out of the series as one of the heroes. I'm just going to say it. It just feels like it's it's what's right and what's going to happen. Yeah, okay. I could see that. They've toyed with whether <laughs> she's the villain too much. So I feel like if they ever want to like subvert expectations, make her the hero of the story instead, because like she's done some dark stuff over the years. But she always she has is. like a a good reason. Mm, definitely. Like she's never just like, I'm bored. I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> she has killed anybody. But like, I don't think she's ever just like doing things like she did that because he tried to hurt people that she cared about. Mm. Mm-hmm. So she was like, obviously, this man needs to be stopped. <laughs> yes. And like when you look at the damage that was done in, in um, Archie's house, I mean, that is. I mean, they kind of zipped past that besides Mary crying, but that was intense. Devastating. It was intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Devastating. like it was a lot. Um, so of course she'd be like, um, he needs to be taken out. I just don't think it needed to be her. And <laughs> always, it. it always falls on her for to like deal with her dad or to like take the action. It always seems to fall on her, unfortunately. But she does seem to like enjoy taking that powerful, like take the lead on doing some action and like finding a resolution. Whereas like you can never really wrangle Archie. Betty's always being like, um, she's looking into the logistics, whatever Jughead's doing. I don't know what he's up to ever, but. (laughs) (laughs) Do we think that they might um, let us know whether or not Hiram is still alive through the ghoulies since they had that whole scene with Tangs and Twilight Twist about how she was like, he's still paying us. So. I don't think we're going to find out. Okay, so they'll just randomly have money then, or maybe it's an account that just drops money in. Every they're probably week. working with 
Hermosa, Hermosa, right? No, they were working with Hiram, unless they're good, unless. But um, she was really mad about Hiram dying. She was, but Hiram was the one who was paying the police. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe she'll take. Maybe she'll take over his empire. Oh, so just to make people think that he's gone. Mm, I like that sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> well, that's what the lodges are. Yes, very true. Um, before we wrap up for um, this uh, episode six, we do have to mention Cheryl. Um, mm. And uh, I guess do a little bit of a dive with the um, Abigail possession thing. I It wasn't as bad as Veronica's plot, but I was like, I'm not, okay, sure. I mean, um, Madeline's going to hit it out of the park regardless, but I'm a little lost about what the Blossoms are doing over there now. I didn't see it coming. No, when she was blowing out the candles. I was like, oh, she did it. She fixed everybody. And then she turned around and looked stunning, by the way. Yes. The dress, the makeup, the hair. Oof, it was amazing. But I was like, oh, okay, so we're really doing this. And now I understand the poster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, kind of came out of nowhere. And I feel like that was one of the better moments of the episode. That that genuinely, like, we've talked about how Superman at Lois makes us all go, <gasps> But that 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 was definitely one of those moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of added an extra layer to the story because I was like, where are we going with this? Because the kind of whole episode went right in circles about it. And then when uh, Berta started speaking in the like supernatural voice, I was like, whoa, hold the phone. Um, <laughs> and the fact now that Cheryl's who is trying to stop it has fallen victim to it. I'm interested to see where it goes. And I like you said, Madeline's gonna knock it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, I oh go ahead. It, it puts into perspective that picture that we saw from episode seven of her talking to Tony. Like, that's not Cheryl. Mm-mm. Now, like, we have context for that. Like, that's not Cheryl talking to Tony. <laughs> no, it's not. It's Abigail. And um, interesting that you guys, this is the part that you guys really enjoyed because I only like the end part of it. I mean, mm. I like elements of it only because I felt like it's so disconnected from the rest of the episode. But that kind of is how they write Cheryl anyway. Um, but by the end, I was invested because again, like you said, when she blew out the candles and you were like, wait a second, that's Abigail's like, Abigail, like, oh, this is coming full circle. I don't really know how, I'm not sure how I feel about Britta, but like, um, or Nana Rose for that matter, but I really enjoy Cheryl and I'm ready for this, which moment with Abigail and how it is going to affect everybody else. And she is out here lying and scheming. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like they're starting to turn Nana Rose into like Penelope um, because you never really knew what side she fell on. Um, and now it feels like, whereas Nana Rose was kind of always on Cheryl's side. So it's it, that was a little bit disappointing to me to see that she's like going backwards and forwards here and picking her own side and manipulating everybody else. But like it led to that awesome moment in the end. So I'll roll with it and see how it goes. Mm, okay. And same so I'm excited for episode seven because Hermione is going to dance on um, Hiram's grave and that'll be fun to watch. But also, um, I'm not sure when Archie Babygate is happening, but I want to know whether or not that is actually their pregnancy test that they are looking at in the uh, photo that Roberto released. Or if it is a pregnancy test. True. It's interesting to have that in the back of our minds that that's coming because it doesn't feel like that's a natural progression to where they are in episode six. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how do you get from we have powers to let's have a baby? True. Or or like, I don't know. Right? I don't know. 
No, you're correct. Because I'm like, I'm assuming we're going to get some episodes between um, Unbelievable, which is the title of the episode six, and whatever is happening with that maybe pregnancy test. Um, because they have to get there naturally, at least naturally enough for Riverdale. We know that they put them on the fast train, like a lot of the couples go onto the fast train. But it will be interesting to see how they make that leap. I know one of the like sweetest moments in the episode is Betty saying that she wants them to be together. And perhaps as we keep going forward, they might speed them through different life um, maybe not choices, but discussions about what they want for their relationship and their future together. And that is how we end up at the maybe pregnancy test or it's a pregnancy scare. Um, and they're trying to decide, you know, are we ready for a perhaps super baby? I mean, it'll depend whether or not they still have um, their powers. They're going to be the Incredibles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs Superman at Lois and you're Batty and Archer? <laughs> oh my God. Like retweet, but also I still love Superman and what was Batman. That just made my heart so full and warm. Yay. But I feel like not to jump the gun, I know we're talking about the baby, but they're gonna lose the powers, right? Because Cheryl's not gonna be Abigail forever. Like they're gonna find a way to break the spell. In the and worst then- possible way. Like Archie's gonna get beat up really terribly <laughs> when he tries to confront somebody. Yeah, and Jughead will be able to hear again. yeah um i feel like it's an interesting direction to go and the episode had a lot of ups and downs but all in all that's basically riverdale in a nutshell i thought it was a solid way to come back and i'm more excited for it now than i was when rivervale started because i didn't know what to make of that so all in all i'm very very excited for where the story's going same. I mean, as a Barchi and then a Riverdale fan in general, it just there are little different plots that they have going on that I think will get people invested. I don't quite feel that way about Veronica's storyline, only because she doesn't quite have one outside of grief. Um, while everybody else, I mean, I guess Jughead's is a little bit of grief because he's he, not a little bit, a, a lot because you're losing your hearing. Um, but and that would be hard for Tabitha too. So. Mm, Buckhead, please do better by them, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'll save my full feelings on that um, for the roast in the toast. But um, what we haven't talked about is Buckhead. Yes, we haven't talked about Buckhead. No. Um, I feel like all eyes suddenly turned to me and like, what does he think? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Riverdale's all been about Buckhead versus Barchet versus Varchai. Um and I feel like the premiere the mid-season premiere has kind of made it clear that we're going in the Barchi direction but I don't really think we needed the mid-season premiere to tell us that because it was pretty clear that's where we were going and even as a Bughead fan myself I'm completely open to seeing where this Barchi story goes I don't know what to expect from it I feel like the whole superpowers things kind of added an unusual layer to it. And I'm like, can Barchi just not be happy for a little while before Bughead gets back together? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, I feel like we've, it's going around in circles as far as which couples, uh, which couple ends up together. And I feel like it's going to keep doing that until the show ends. I know a lot of Barchi fans are like, this is where we're at now. This is end game. But I will say this as someone who's watched tons of TV shows, and I know that's not a good example considering Riverdale always does the opposite of what you expect, but 
Bartley have gotten together in the third quarter of the show's run, which means there's still one quarter left. And usually when that happens, that's when the character flips back and makes an ultimate decision in the end. So I'm not saying Bughead is endgame, I'm st- what, but what I am saying is Bughead could still be endgame. I feel like they quietly killed Bughead and even more quietly killed Varchie to allow Barchi to thrive. But that doesn't mean that it's going to thrive the whole way through to the end. And I feel like if Jughead sh- sorts his trauma out, Whatever happens with Barchi happens and then it ends. There is still a way back for Barchi. I'm not saying it should go that way. I'm just saying from what I know, from a script point of view, from TV point of view, when things happen in the third quarter of a story, usually something different happens in the fourth quarter. Now, why do you have to bring logic into this? Because <laughs> <laughs> that does make sense. And I agree with you. Um but yeah, this is Riverdale. They can always like we saw how quickly things change for Veronica in the matter of forty five minutes. Like mm-hmm. there's always there's a will, there's a way. It would feel kind of like cheap because I feel like so many shows do that in their final season where they're like exploring a different couple, and then at the end they're like, "But wait, this one is we decided this is end game," and they bring them together in the last like handful of episodes. They can do that whether it would be necessary. Because these characters have all grown so much. Does Be- do Betty and Jughead or Betty and Archie? I'm playing devil's advocate for both sides here. Mm-hmm. Do either of those couples really need to end up together? Just does Betty need to end up with one of her high school boyfriends or lifelong friends? Like, is that if it's natural to the story and it makes sense, then I'm all for whoever she wants to end up with. But I have to ask myself, like, is does does any of it make sense? <laughs> I think um, to put my shipper hat on, um, Barchi makes sense for where they are right now. Only because they have not, besides my love for them, they did not explore them in the way that they should have back when they were teenagers. Mm-hmm. They kind of just used them as a means of introducing drama into the storyline and then immediately pulling them back out. Like they would leave you on the cliffhanger, but oh my God, Betty and RG did this, now what? And like nothing would happen <laughs> or like, or something would happen, but they'd move past it. Um, and so now there's the opportunity to see where their relationship goes. Um, but I think it's totally valid to see bug the way back for Bughead as well, because uh, they kind of, I, I'm not about that relationship, but the way that they fizzled out, which does happen in high school, but the way that they fizzled out was like, whoa, okay. Um, especially because Betty's attitude towards Jughead basically changes. And to be fair, it's been seven years and um, they were in touch, but seemed to have grown apart. Um, and that doesn't mean that they can't grow grow back to each other. That's not yeah. the word I'm looking for, but like eventually find their way back to one another. Um, if Jughead does move through his trauma and they acknowledge the whole Archie thing. Um, and Betty sort of develops feelings for this version of Jughead. I just don't think that's happening in season six. No. Um, I, I don't think there's enough time. I do understand it's Riverdale and that could, it, they could ha- let it happen if they wanted to let it happen. I just think that we are currently in Barchydale. I think we'll be in Barchydale in season seven, whether or not Bughead comes back into the plot. Um, I think that's like a season seven thing, mm-hmm. but I'm also totally fine um, with Betty choosing herself, like, or if there's not even like a choice thing, it's just that her relationship with Bughead, with Jughead, um, when it's coarse, her relationship with Archie, when it's coarse, and by the end of season seven, she's like, you know, I'm 
cool running an FBI team, not in Riverdale. Like, I'm fine with that story um, line for her. I prefer Barchi, but I'm fine with her being, you know, just Team Betty. Mm -hmm. I feel like there would need to be something big to happen to separate Betty from Archie and something big to happen to pull her back to Jughead. I don't know what if those big things are the same thing or what the big thing would be, but something would need to happen. You can't just like, you can't let Betty and Archie just like fizzle out and decide like, JK, we're going to move on. <laughs> and you can't just like put Betty and Jughead in the room together and be like, oh, wait, are we doing this again? Like there has to be something story-wise that makes sense for one character to pull away from another and to be back with somebody else. Mm. Like there has to be something. I don't know what that is because who can predict what happens on the show? True. And he's currently happy with Tabitha. Mm. Um, and they're really investing in that relationship. And as far as we are aware, Riverdale's Jughead is not pining after Betty. Um, I don't know if when he finds out about Archie, his opinion is going to change um, or if they'll start questioning his relationship with Tabitha, but he's very happy with her right now. And they're both going through this major life event together, just like Barchi are going through. Yeah, he's busy. He's figuring out that he's lost his hearing. Like, um, mm-hmm. sorry, Jughead. <laughs> but to, to wrap up the thoughts, yes, I totally agree with everything you're saying. And I feel like I'm happy with Barchi now and I'm excited to see them finally do it because I, as, even as a fan of Bughead, I feel like they should have done it long ago. So let them be happy. I, I, that's all I'm saying. But I will say in general, just with Riverdale, you never know how it's going to go. So never write anything off. Log- that's logical. From a logical standpoint, I don't know if the show follows logic. Just never, <laughs> never, ever write anything off. I'm just saying, I'm not saying we will, but I could see a way back to Bughead and Varchi, particularly that one, because that ended so poorly in season five. I could see the way back for both of them, but we'll see how it goes. Right now, I'm okay to see how Varchi plays out. Moral of the story, we're along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Yes. You got Lead, but follow our example, Riverdale fans. <laughs> <laughs> So more of let's go into more of what we're watching to um, wrap up this episode. I will hop on my Dynasty soapbox for a hot minute. Dynasty season five, episode four. I won't give a ton away, um, but this episode was really about Fallon trying to find who she is outside of her work. And this is a recurring theme for the show. Like she's constantly grappling with like, she loves her work. She's fulfilled by it. And suddenly now she's... um, She's lost it because her board said, you need to take a beat. You were just, you went through all this, this trauma physically and you almost died. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, and we can't really trust you to run this company because you have so much going on. So she found her loophole to still have control of her company. Um, but she's, you know, she's taking a little sabbatical and she's trying to find what it is that fulfills her beyond her work. And I think a lot of fans will say, oh, we've seen her do this before. We've seen her argue with Liam about she works too much and she puts him second. That wasn't really the story, but it is another story of her trying to not work so much. But that's become what the show is about for her. It's still very much like a soap opera. There's drama. She's still fighting with people and grappling with um, how much power she's comfortable with having or if she wants more power. But it's still, it's become about her realizing that there's more to her than her job, more to her than her bank account. And she said it really well when she said, 
she's really struggling. She said, if I were to have died, my obituary would have said CEO, oil heiress, I'm beautiful. And she was like, <laughs> it was really funny. She was like, it wouldn't be wrong, but like, there's nothing else that, that is who I am. And um, there's a really human quality to that, that I think um, we might forget from a soap opera. And um, she's, she was really fighting against nature and nurture. Like she is naturally competitive. She's going to try to outbid her high school um, horseback riding rival that happened in this episode. <laughs> and she's also, she was raised in this world of business and excess and like placing her worth on how much power and how much money she has. And she's realizing that it's not a quick fix. Like she can't just decide like, Oh, I'm going to buy a horse for charity and all my problems are solved. It's, it takes some unlearning that I don't need to be competitive. I don't need to, I don't, I don't need to count every dollar. And that's how people see me. She's a very insecure person in that way. Like she's insecure about how people view her and the optics of her wealth and her power. And, um, that's something that she gets to in this episode. She realizes that, Hey, maybe I want to be a mom. That's something she's explored in the past. And she never really, she doesn't seem like the kind of character that you'd be like, she's going to be a mom. Like, <laughs> cause she doesn't have the, the, um, the family life to back that up. Right. Her parents are just, she doesn't have a great example, but she has this really strong relationship with Liam and she's thinking ahead, like, maybe being a mom is what is the thing that will fulfill me outside of work. And unfortunately they had like tabled that convo because Liam didn't really want children, but they agreed to move forward with the relationship and re examine that conversation. And she brings it up to him and she's like, I think I want to reopen that conversation. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and that's kind of where we are. I don't see them like this couple's had so much drama and just so many left turns that I don't see this being the thing that separates them. Like we're in season five. They're either together or they should have not even gotten married, right? Like mm -hmm. there's no, Fallon can't find somebody else. Not that she couldn't, but I just, for the fans in the series, I don't think it would be wise to break them up over this. I think he's going to come around to it. But those are my thoughts on the episode. I thought it was a really interesting story, even though fans will probably be like, "Ugh, this again. <laughs> but there were some really interesting developments outside of Fallon. It was just the juiciest part. There was, you know, we still have a an evil doppelganger. We had um, Alexis in her new relationship, which is interesting. And yeah, I really enjoyed this episode and I'm excited for you guys to get to it and see how the show has evolved into this really... Um, a soap opera with a little bit of heart. <laughs> it is interesting because as someone who is uh, currently in season one, um, it is all about power. And so it feels right that in season five, she's like, dang, it can't all be all about power um, because she's achieved, that like she's gotten what she wanted to get. Um, and like now that she has it, she's like, dang, I can't plateau here. Mm -hmm. Um like that's, that's not how life works. So I, it's, I'm really, I feel really grateful. I don't know why, but just to hear <laughs> that that's like the evolution of her character, um, because that's where like 
it should go now. Um, so that's very exciting to hear and more power to Fallon. I hope that like, as this season progresses, that she finds out who she is and what she wants outside of money, power, prestige, like, cause she has all that. So now like, now that you have that, what do you want to secure next? Where's your, where's your life going? Like, that's an interesting journey for her to be in. And I really like that. It's a slow progression because I know some fans are, I keep saying it, but I think fans will be like, she's still dealing with this, but I would rather her not like have the light bulb go off immediately and be like, oh, like this is how I balance my entire life. I I like that it it's realistic in the sense that we don't always have everything all together at once. Like one day we feel like we have it together and the next day we're like, wait, I don't know what's happening with my life. <laughs> And I like that she keeps trying, she goes through these trial and errors with um, her personal life and her business life and how those two things impact everything around her. So I like that it's um, it's not a quick fix. They're not trying to fix Fallon. She's always going to be flawed. She's always going to be torn between her ambition and her husband and everything else. Yeah, I love that for her that we, she's gotten such like development over the years because like Sabrina said, having watched it from season one, you can see like beginnings of like real character in there. She's a walking <laughs> meme and we love that for her. Like you're always <laughs> going to have those brilliant like yes queen moments, but like you just see the beginning of those moments where she starts like oh, hold on a minute I can learn from this and I know a lot of shows do tend to reset the character for the next episode after they learn their lesson but to know that so many seasons in she's starting to have those real character moments I feel like when soap operas can do that and blur that yes queen walking meme with the real yeah. person it can really come to life so it's nice to know that that character who we, I think we've all grown attached to me and Sabrina particularly after like what the yeah, episodes <laughs> it's quite yes. crazy. Um, so just to know that there's still that kind of growth later on down the line and that they haven't just run out of storylines the way that like a daytime soap that was on for maybe 50 years might that's quite refreshing to know so uh, yeah I'm actually excited to get caught up and see how she grows throughout the course of the show Same. Um, what else were we watching this week yes you know what I don't have as positive thoughts about the flash um we uh this week's episode was quite divisive and I say that as someone who loves the show an awful lot I feel like I could probably save parts of this for roast and toast but I mean I'm on a rant now so let's go with it Um, (laughs) uh the Barry and Crap and Kramer were trapped in CCPD while Goldface and Verat, they had all had medicuffs put on them so they couldn't use their powers. Meanwhile, uh, Captain Kramer wanted a direct line to the Flash, basically like the bat phone from the 60s Batman, um, so that she could keep in contact with him and like so they could fill out paperwork together, know what, what each other are up to, and so she could call him whenever she needed him. And so this was a chance for them both to learn from each other, but she didn't know he was the Flash. Long story short, um, uh, they, they do learn from each other. Barry helps her understand her powers and she stands up to save the day and the two of them end up stopping Goldface together and in the end she actually figures out that he is the Flash so it made for a lovely moment between the two of them I thought that character stuff was fantastic because Captain Kramer beforehand was basically just a walking uh, plot device she had nothing to do she had nothing to uh, offer the story other than what the story dictated she needed to do in that moment where she felt like a real character here a real person here and I really loved that bond my issue with the episode is that A, Goldface was far too corny of a villain. He started quoting Moby Dick and like one-liners when he was trying to hold up the precinct and threaten to blow their heads off at the same time. It didn't line up for me. It wasn't kind of like a Joker kind of Batman way where you're really sadistic 
uh, funny and terrifying at the same time. It was really corny. And then on the other hand, the relationship drama uh, between Caitlin and Marcus and Frost and Mark was just so over the top. And the, basically I can sum that up in the fact that both Caitlin and Frost's boyfriends have the same name in Mark and Marcus. You can see how corny the storyline's getting. I wish they dropped all the relationship drama because I feel like Killer Frost, that's my roast, we'll get to that later. Killer Frost <laughs> is such a potentially great character and the show continues to misuse her as it goes on. What did you think, Sabrina? I am done ranting. <laughs> Um, that was the longest 45 minutes of my life. Oh no. <laughs> um, I was like, and it's not even because I felt like it had too little iris. It's, mm-hmm. um, because tonally it was all over the place. First of all, Allegra and Chester is not happening as far as being a, a storyline people are actually invested in. I don't care about their awkward flirting. I don't care about her bringing him, I think it was sandwiches from a D&D game. I'm like, y'all wasting our time. This, this episode is called Lockdown. Unless you're going to be locked in Star Labs, I don't want to see y'all. And as for like Kramer, I'm going to have to let go of my anger concerning her if I'm going to be okay with her and Barry's um, what is actually could be an exceptional relationship for him now that Joe has has retired from being well left the force, I should say. Um, but she spent an entire season wanting to end meta existence. And now that she is a meta human, we're like, I would die for the metas in um, Central City. And I'm like, girl, you're the reason why these bullets exist in the first place. Like, are we going to acknowledge that just because you went on Iris's podcast doesn't mean that I feel better about you. And, and Iris has a podcast. She does. <laughs> Citizen Topia. She has a she's a media mogul. Read. It's For, amazing. Yes. Is she in the um Fallon Unlimited podcast network? <laughs> she should be. That is how you do a crossover. Did <laughs> like, you imagine? Oh my god, that'd be fantastic, actually. Um, but um like Michael, I didn't care for Goldface. I thought there were some cute comedic moments um that grant did really well mm-hmm. when it came to goldface's character like that scene when the um love is a battlefield uh, um starts playing and he's like play <laughs> like, and, and like listening to his conversation with his girlfriend i thought that was that was fun um i'm i'm gonna be upfront about this on the pod i'm not a fan of caitlin and frost and i we ain't friends either Ooh. um so all, I, I already was going in not really feeling Caitlin's storyline about needing to find a, a man, um, mainly because it seems like we're ignoring the fact that she was in a relationship with Julian. Because um, she's like, mm. every time I decide to be with somebody, things go wrong. And I was like, you and Julian were together and nothing went wrong. That relationship just didn't last. But I'm going to sit here and pretend that you weren't with Julian. Fine. This is actually turning into a full on roast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, should we just like, should we go into roast and toast? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I I guess because I'm already fully here. I, I didn't like the episode, obviously. Um, that needed more Iris. Uh, she was in the last minute of the episode, and it was just more about her time sickness. We knew she was falling in and out of time. Showing us that she fell out of time was uh, um, cool, but like we knew she was falling out of time. We are like, what more is happening with time sickness? Explain it to us. Um, so I'm hoping that happens in the next episode i am gonna hush now because i don't know how long i've been on this soapbox (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> with my anger, but I'm going to be quiet. That's a nice segue into my roast then. I'm so sorry. I'm a big fan of The Flash, but I'm right there with you on this. Um, uh, I know you said you're not a big fan of Caitlin. I was such a big fan of Caitlin in the first two or three seasons. And I feel like all she's done now is like take people's temperature and like say a funny anecdote in the corner. They keep, they're not giving her worthwhile stuff. And I think they could give her worthwhile stuff. I was so invested in her story with Ronnie in season one. And I'm excited that he's coming back. I'm guessing maybe this is where that story's going with. And if you want to put them two back together, I am all for that. But the journey towards that is not fun. Let me tell you. And on the other end of thing, Frost. Frost had the potential to be such a great character. To me, she was like Black Siren on Arrow. The lookalike of a likable character who was evil, who had powers, who was a villain at the start and then slowly turned into a hero, but didn't get the whole hero thing the way the rest of the heroes did. I feel like she could have been like that wild card on Team Flash, that like that like reckless one that makes the wrong decisions, that like what the walking meme, so to speak, that issues the fantastic one-liners that walks off with the hair flowing. <laughs> I just feel like they've turned her into such a corny character. And it all started when they made her get rid of the supernatural voice, when they made her stop being, uh, stop being less reckless. She, she's just gotten so like corny and like that's as far as her recklessness goes. She doesn't accidentally make the wrong choice. She doesn't hate being on Team Flash anymore. She's friendly and yet everyone still treats her like a child. She's just... I just feel like they missed the mark with that character entirely. And if you want to look at how to do it right, look at Black Siren on Arrow, because that was much better handled. And I feel like she could have been that more like vindictive, but her heart was in the right place after learning to put her heart in the right place kind of character. And the arc was fine to begin with. The Killer Frost stuff they did in season three, fantastic. But somewhere around midway through season four or season five with the whole, I can stop Zakira, but like he's going to keep getting away from me. That's when the mistakes and the cracks started showing and they've not been able to repair Killer Frost since. And this whole Chilblian story, I just wish they'd drop it because Mark is not funny. Uh, Caitlin's boyfriend, Marcus, is not funny. I'm, I was glad to see Caitlin get so much screen time, but that storyline was not funny. Just justice for Caitlin and Frost, because I feel like both of them have more to offer the show than what the show was actually giving them. And taking screen time away from the likes of Iris so that you can focus on Allegra and Chester and in their current predicaments, Caitlin and Frost is not okay. A flop episode. Wow. <laughs> oh, oh, it flopped. Yes. It flopped well. so hard. Oh god, there is another roast though. I Go mean, I'm um, I not happy about Jughead and Veronica once again being the characters that are sad. Like, like why? Like, uh, super Barchi exists, and I'm happy about that. But why isn't there a Super Jughead? Like, um, or like he doesn't have to be a superhero, but why does he have to lose his hearing like this? I mean, like it just seems like we're gonna get a scene later. Like, oh, of course, Betty and Archie um, get something fantabulous that happens to them. But me, poor Jughead, the struggling yeah. writer, I can't I can, hear now. <laughs> I can hear him groaning about that. I don't know. I still think that there could be an upswing. I'm gonna be optimistic. Okay. We, I, I won't turn on not me even putting a marshmallow on your on your roast <laughs> <laughs> the fire is hot enough for it so you like it'll work and you know i'm not one to defend jughead so mm-hmm. like that's big that is big okay that, that turned down the the, the fire <laughs> just a bit but i mean like the fire was up so high though because it just seems I, like I know i see what you're suffer. saying yeah um Perhaps, I mean, I don't think the stands will agree with me, but I could be wrong, but it seems like Veronica suffers more than anybody 
Um, like at least in the recent seasons, it just, she can't catch a break. Even her relationship with Reggie isn't really hitting the spot. Like I just, <laughs> <laughs> like Reggie's not true. given what it needs to be given. And I'm no. just like, geez, I just save her. Like do better by her. Do Did you just ever- roast Veggie? <laughs> a little. Roasted veggies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my God. No, it's true. I mean, but hopefully everything improves uh, for the flash and in terms of Bughead being um, better uh, on their own show. Like, please do better by them. Uh, Toast wise, um, to no one's surprise, it's a Bargy toast. I I know. (laughs) Shocking. Shocking. Uh, Because, like, I don't shut up about them. Like, my God. Um, But I think where they're going with their storyline is not only incredibly cute, but um, earned in the sense that we're finally on the path to them exploring their relationship. You have the added element of Super Barchi, which means there are going to be gifts everywhere um, of them, probably manipulations of them in super suits, which I'm going to be so excited for when they land on the internet. Um, And I don't know, between him shielding her and protecting her from the blast to their conversation in, I'm assuming, a bar um, where she assured him that she knows that he would never hurt her because he's... Archie for one, but if he needed so like if he needed something beyond that, it's she, she doesn't see him as a threat, and that's how her powers work. He's not like a red red haloed for her. So he's not a threat to her. I thought that was so cute and like the best way to reassure him. The whole juxtapose scene where um it's basically a flipped moment of what happened with Bughead at the end of their high school era. Jughead was crying, but like Betty's crying this time too, kind of. She's a little teary because she gets to have Archie and she wants to tell him that they're moving forward together. And as a shipper, my God, like yay to parallel. I'm sorry, Bughead fans. I'm sure that's not a great <laughs> parallel for y'all. Um, and Whatever. Sorry, they had they ate for like three seasons. They're fine. <laughs> for three seasons. You know what? Correct. I mean, not that I'm not sorry because it's hurtful when your ship isn't on screen, but like Archie is thriving. And that is where they need to be. I hope that's where they stay. Um, but we're just going to stay in season six happiness with Barchie Dale. And that is my toast because I could talk for another hour and that's not necessary. I do want to quickly toast Charmed because I did a no context watch of Charmed season four's premiere. And I don't want it to be for nothing. I want to raise up the Charmed fandom if they're out there listening. Um <laughs> So they introduced their new fourth after losing their oldest, their oldest. It was the oldest um, of the charmed ones, which happened at the same time, same season, I think same way as the original charmed, which was a very interesting. Um, I don't know. How do you, what's the word? Ironic development. Yeah. Um, and I did actually watch the original charms fourth season premiere to compare and contrast and they handled it very differently. And I'm going to toast the new, the Charmed reboot because they fast forwarded through a lot of the grief. Not that like, that's a good thing. Like we do want to see the characters grieve their sister, obviously. Um, but we didn't see like a funeral. We didn't see like two hours of the characters like grappling with that loss. They had already done that by the time we meet up with them again. And the original just gave us everything 
right away about the new fourth. We meet her up away from the um, other two sisters, just like in the reboot. We meet her on her own, Paige and Michaela. We meet them separately, but Paige just kind of gives out all the information, how she's related to them, how she connects. But Michaela, it's going to be more of like a slow burn mystery, how we find out how she's connected to them. And I think... And I'm not, I'm not saying they did it better. I'm just saying they did it their own way. And that's really awesome. So Toast to Charmed. Cheers. <laughs> no, for real though. Um, that, that's really great um, for Charmed. I mean, it's a somewhat of a new era. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, it, but, but from as far as I could tell, I mean, I don't have the three seasons of knowledge, but it seemed like they, they're still thriving and they have plenty of story to tell and they did it well. Yeah, it kind of breathed new life into it. So I'm here for them. It's hard to do that so many seasons in, especially when it's kind of, I don't want to say imposed upon you, but you don't know how to get around that. We kind of saw Batwoman do something similar. So the fact that they managed to do that and make it so convincing, I think it's an exciting new time for Charmed. Same. Yay, Charmed. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, that's it for uh, this episode of The CW Spiral, which was all about Riverdale with a lot of Archie. (laughs) (laughs) Follow us on Twitter, on YouTube, and of course, tune in next Monday for a new episode. I'm Sabrina. I'm Michael. And I'm Reed. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.